Hello and welcome to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike. Today, I'm joined with Dr. Don Schoendorfer, who is an engineer and a nonprofit leader who founded Free Wheelchair Mission. So stay tuned. Welcome back, everyone, to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike, and thank you for tuning in today. Faith Conversations for the Common Man is our tagline, and I hope and pray that this conversation for you is edifying and uplifting and encouraging um, in your faith walk. I'm excited to share today with Dr. Don Schoendorfer, um, who is an engineer, a nonprofit leader who founded Free Wheelchair Mission, and is an author of Miracle Wheels, all of which we'll discuss in today's podcast episode. Um, We discuss his background in science and biomedical engineering. He uh, has a degree from Columbia and then MIT. Um, And then this one trip to Morocco changed uh, his life and trajectory. Um, And so he shares the the origin of this organization, which brings wheelchairs, free wheelchairs across the world to uh, millions and millions of people who are in need. They've already given 1.3 million out and uh, you'll see the the great need and gap to continue to bring more wheelchairs to those who need it the most. I'm super excited to share this with you, but before we dig in, just want to encourage you to go to theguyslikeus.com where you can subscribe and sign up for our newsletter. Uh, this is important because we want to hear from you. We want to hear what content you resonate with. Um, if there's other guests you want to hear on the podcast. Uh, Is there anything else we can be providing for you that would be uh, helpful or impactful in your walk? So again, theguyslikeus.com. Scroll to the bottom and you can hit subscribe. Well, here's my conversation with Dr. Don Schoendorfer. Don, thanks so much for joining me in the Guys Like Us podcast. Thank you for bringing me back to Worcester, Massachusetts. Yeah. So, well, so I know you have some background in, uh, in Massachusetts and, um, you know, you were involved, you've been an engineer and I I know most people will be curious of how you were, you know, shifted from, you know, a a lot of work and career in engineering into, um, the great work that you're doing now. So would you mind just kind of giving us a little, a little backstory into your journey and of, yeah, of, of uh, where you are today and also, you know, how your, just your childhood and faith came to, uh, to be too. Sure. Brought up in a congregational church, um, born in Albany, but my, my father was transferred. He worked for New York Central Railroad and transferred to Asheville, Ohio, when I was about five. Uh, always went to church out of respect for my parents, you know, Sunday school church, but mm-hmm. uh <clears throat> Uh, you know, I, I, I would have called myself a Christian then, of course, but uh, uh, I had the benefit of a lot of education and uh, but still following the footsteps of my father being um, he was a machinist. So we learned how to use our hands, learned how to use machinery, mm-hmm. uh, fix things. And and my two older brothers, one became a chemical engineer, one became a civil engineer, aerospace engineer. And I just knew that was going to be my path. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh um, they took me aside when I was quite young and said uh, they were had run out of money uh, trying to get my two older brothers in, uh, 
in through college. So they said, if you want to go to college, you better start getting better grades and you better start saving some money. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really wanted to do that. So I had my heart set for, uh, you know, going to uh, what most people think was the best uh, engineering school in the world, MIT. Uh, but I couldn't get in there from the front door because of I was you know, lived in a small uh, city in Ohio, and I just wasn't competitive. So, but I still had that focus. So I started off at a um, Baldwin Wallace of Methodist School in Ohio, and then went to Columbia University. And then uh, mm-hmm. to get a graduate degree, I went to MIT, and um, it just seemed like um, my peers were getting into aerospace or automotive or uh, Texas Instruments was just coming out with mm-hmm. their computers and their handhelds and computer and tech and HP. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I wanted to do something that was a little bit more personal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, uh, I chose what was didn't exist back then, biomedical engineering. Uh, and um, because they did, I say that didn't exist because they didn't really have departments like that. It was just in the beginning of when uh, doctors were realizing they needed engineers, and engineers were realizing there was a lot of potential for working with doctors hmm. on medical products. That's um, what I did when I went to MIT as well. But uh, so that's kind of the background of my yeah. education. Uh, and along the way, I you know I I didn't. I knew what infinity was, you know, the, the divide one by zero and you get infinity, right? It's a simple thing, but uh, I didn't expect God had uh, a handle in my day-to-day life or anyone's day-to-day life. I, I, I could look out at the universe and just see his vast creation and I knew mm-hmm. it was his, but um, I was on my own, um, pretty much doing the engineering thing as an inventor in the back room of um there was this company that some listeners may relate to, Hemonetics. It's on the outskirts of Boston on in uh, Framingham, and I worked for their blood cell separation, and and then um, managed to get myself out to California. But hmm. um, was doing very well answering my own questions with all the theory I I I had learned through you know schools until three teenage daughters show up and three teenage daughters brought issues to me and to my wife that um, we couldn't deal with. Hmm. Uh, and then the idea of uh, surrendering to God, um, I had heard about that concept <laughs> and I, I I just never seemed to be ready to do that or thinking it would actually work. Hmm. But when you're faced with a situation where you can't fix a problem, um, you can you can try it. You can never give up trying to fix the problem, or you can just sort of surrender. And I I had enough uh, Christian background to know that, and my wife as well, brought up as a Catholic, that that's what we should do. Hmm. And, and and that's what brought me to uh, where we where, where we are today, giving out wheelchairs. I can fill in the blanks more if you like. Yeah. That's sort of or short version. No, it's really fascinating. It's funny. I, I've been hearing this more recently, I think, among a lot of guys that I've been speaking with and who have been on the show is that their family, things that have happened within their family life have caused them or led them to to consider the fa- their faith. And it's funny, even 
questions that come up or situations that come up with their children that um, that folks are you know don't feel equipped to be able to answer or be able to speak on or or model, and so that I think that leads to this greater curiosity and investigation and yeah and ultimately you know if surrender too and so that that's really encouraging and so no I just I just find that fascinating and um, I and so yeah we can I guess kind of transition here I'd love to get into kind of a lot of the work that you've been doing now and um, certainly is really really encouraging. But um, I, I um, funny enough, I know that there's an experience or an encounter you had in Morocco, which really kind of put things in perspective and gave you a kind of a maybe a, a glimpse into some of the work that you're doing now. Your listeners can't see, but I have a painting or a picture right here on my uh, in my in my room, and it's actually of camels. And so I spent some time in Morocco as well, and. Um, I know it's just a, just a really cool place. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about your experience in Morocco and perhaps how that you know has transitioned you into the work that you're doing with wheelchairs. Yeah, it was uh, two years after getting out of MIT and uh, was settled down. You know, we might get a house, start to think about raising a family, uh, build our careers, and all that. My wife and I, Lori and I, uh, we said, "Well, we'll go on a vacation and we'll start off in Spain, get over to Morocco and." Mm-hmm. Uh, and then go back to Spain and maybe Portugal and, mm-hmm. and just, um, but we, uh, we were in Morocco for more than six hours. We wound up in, uh, uh, Tetran. It was, a it's a very old city. Uh, and it also has a very old, even older section called the Medina, which was, a uh, part of the country built during the crusades. Um, dirt roads, very narrow, um, cobblestone, if, if best, but mainly dirt roads and on either side of the of these little roads i mean road i mean it's wide enough just barely to and you wouldn't be able to get a car down them uh because there's vendors and they have their wares out sort of on the, the edges there's no sidewalks it's just it's just uh decorated with vendors selling various things um and um we're in awe because we've never been in a really in a developing country as a vacation and then in an Islamic country and mm-hmm. in a country where we couldn't speak uh, to people because of language issues. Um, but taking in all the sounds, the smells, uh, the music, the, everything. Uh, and then uh, I noticed there's this it does, a lady and she's trying to get across the other side of the road, but she's crawling. And uh, she's, uh, she's not dodging people's uh, steps, feet, but they are dod- trying to dodge her and she's using mm-hmm. her fingernails to try to drag herself across the road. Um, and uh, people are not stepping in there and it's sort of like they were not trying to step in something that was refuge of some sort, dirt or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but no one is reaching down to help her. And she's uh, just taking, you know, step of, they're not really steps, mind you, they're with her fingers a few inches at a time. And mm-hmm. and then she disappears down an alley on the other side of this narrow road. Uh, and it was, uh, <clears throat> wow, what's, what, what is this? Where, 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 where is this going? I didn't, I didn't put God in that picture when I, when mm-hmm. I, when I saw this, I, I just said, this is, this was maybe just like what it is and developing countries. Hmm. In fact, the note wanted to help her uh, was uh, as shocking as seeing her. 
and you know, of course, being from the United States, where we just want to fix things, and we're looking around, where are we going to find a wheelchair in, hmm. in a twelve hundred year old um, Medina here? And we just had to give up, and and we couldn't find her if we wanted to. Hmm. Uh, and so um, there are many other things I'll never forget about that trip to Morocco. But every now and then, that image would come back to me. Uh, you know, but meanwhile, building my career, or building a family, or getting a house, and and so I kept on pushing that off and doing all the other, you know, more material things with my life. Sure. So that's, it, it's, it's crazy. I, I immediately think of the Good Samaritan story in the, in the scriptures of, um, in that, and just in that encounter right there. And I put myself as the Good Samaritan and just the different responses that, you know, people are walking by of people who, you know, are, what is the response to help, to help this woman? Um, and so just really interesting kind of just as yeah now i'm thinking about it through that kind of our, our faith lines and looking through scriptures um and so i guess let's let's kind of just uh, i was curious you've given away over was it 1.3 million wheelchairs at this point what's the yes. current number yeah well yes yeah, it's, it's over 1.3 million fantastic and so can you tell me you know the as an engineer and as a you know person of faith, how did kind of the the product design and the trying to find a solution all you know trying to scale and get to the amount of wheelchairs you've done? How did that all start to kind of make sense for you and um, and take shape to what it to you know to getting to that place today? Well, then you know, twenty years later, surrendering, getting on our knees, saying, "God, would you please help us." Um, and then going back to church, which was something we were doing, because that's part of surrendering. I mean, you know, just got to get on the uh, on the page with the Lord and um, and trying to volunteer as a movement uh, tutor and then a mentor, and nothing was happening. And um, it was almost like I got I, if I had to condense the story into just um, three or four sentences. Uh, with, this is something that happened over about six months trying to get my act together. It was like. A telephone from God and I pick it up and God tells me or asked me well, why are you wasting your time and I and I said well, what do you mean I said you're trying to tutor you're trying to mentor you don't like people you're an introvert hmm. you barely pass psychology I mean hmm. why don't you use the gifts I gave you wow to help build the kingdom my king he said hmm. and then hung up well you know that didn't happen but that's how I felt I said, well, wait a minute, I, I'm an engineer, I'm an inventor, I'm a mechanical engineer, I should be able to do something. What could I do with those tools? Well, wait a minute, that woman in Morocco, all she needed was a chair with wheels. So I, I my, this is a spare time job because I had a full-time job too, but I said, uh, if I can come up with an inexpensive, durable, functional, hmm. and safe wheelchair, uh, I could prove that that would work. So I wanted to write a paper because I was still on the academic side of things, and mm-hmm. and I I would I made a hundred of them. I first made one, showed it to uh, the outreach uh, pastor of a church I go to out here called Mariners Church. He had just returned from the Democratic Republic of the Congo a couple days ago. I showed him this chair, and he said, two days ago I saw people crawling on the ground." This is all that needed was this thing. It was a white resin lawn chair, which I got at Home Depot and mountain bike tires that I got at uh, Toys R Us. And 
I knew enough about engineering to know how things much how much things cost to make. You know, and bicycle wheels are made by the millions, probably almost daily in 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 China, and, and these white resin chairs were four dollars each at um, Home Depot. So I just connected those two. I got some casters, got some steel, put a frame together, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I said, "Well, I, I've I've did, I spent a lot of time in my career doing clinical trials and then uh, presenting new medical products to the FDA." as an employee for, you know, companies, there was nothing of my own, but, and so I'm going to, I'm going to do a clinical trial. I can make a hundred of these things. I can afford to do that. And I'll get them out and just give them out. And a year later, I'll come back and see if the wheels are still turning and then I'll write this paper and I'll move on because that will be my contribution. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it was, it was, it was easy to get the wheelchairs made, a hundred of them. It was hard to store them in a garage in California, but nobody uses their garage for a car in California. So I had space hmm. and finally I had an opportunity to bring not a hundred of them, but just four of them to India, um, to a medical mission. Um, and I wasn't a doctor. I couldn't practice medicine, but I just needed to do this. And I wouldn't say no, take no for an answer. So I brought these literally four of them on a plane and, uh, I was with other peers from the United States, doctors and nurses, and then joined by peers in India, in Chennai, India. And uh, I was kind of the sore thumb in the whole group because I couldn't help them. All I could do is set up, you know, carry boxes of stuff that they would need. So whatever. Uh, we went on our first mission trip. To, um, to in, um, It was a, a weekend it was basically a cardboard table. I mean, a card table clinic into a suburb of Chennai and just to practice basic family medicine. And I was just there moving boxes around. And um, I, but I tied one of the wheelchairs on top of a bus and um, just not knowing why, but I did it. And uh, I see the first patients coming and they're carrying something. And it, it's a boy I, as they get closer and it's hot, it's hundred degrees, it's humid, it's, can't, it couldn't get more humid than it was. And they're sweating and this boy is not, he's restless because he has cerebral palsy and I didn't know what that was even back then, but, and there was no place for them to sit. So I got the, my wheelchair off the bus and sit and put it in, in front of them, but I didn't have a translator because I was just basically a, a volunteer. So I couldn't talk to them. Um, all the translators are up with the doctors and I just smiled. And then and next thing I know, she puts her son in a wheelchair and starts, um, wheeling him around and, and, and we're in the shade and things are cooling off and I smile. So she's just doing more and more stuff. And, hmm. and my ears look over and say, they look at me and, uh, at where I am. And I, say, I can't believe this guy's got this, somebody in a wheelchair and he didn't even have anybody to, to help him talk. So we, we bring them, uh, we, we talk to family and let's drive you home. And because the wheelchairs, you know, we're not going to get in the bus, we have to put it on the roof. So we drive them home. It was three miles. That's how far they carried their son wow. to the village. And they all, uh, and now I had a translator because they're in a the bus. And if they both work, they could make about $2. But because one of them has to stay with the child, their son, they can only make well, and they can only make half of that one dollar, and that's just enough to pay for the room and board. So that was their life. Wow, three of them, and we get to their village, and it's all you know, cinder block and corrugated steel, and 
uh, no electricity, and it's and, and that's uh, where the, they all work for the, the rice paddy, um, the rice field, um, and you know, but the, we start a sort of a commotion. This is Sunday afternoon. We drive in a lot of white guys and women, and and and. Well, well, I'm just enjoying this thing, and I'm, I'm taking notes. I, I got it. this is part of my paper, right? That I'm going to write. And they um, suddenly the the man who was our guide, who spoke English and uh, um, Tamil, the language here, he came up to me and said, "We're done. We we have to leave right away." And I said, "Why?" And because um, he said the elder just came, and I disrespected him. I did. We just barged into this village. We didn't stop at the door, or stop and ask where the elder lived. And, and Moses didn't get actually permission to enter the village. He, we just barged in there. And he just showed up, and he's embarrassed because he didn't know anything about this, and he's mad. And I said, well, "Okay, I under I see that he's mad, and I think you're right. Um, this is my, I didn't understand any of this stuff either. But I said, Moses, I noticed, I did my job. I think you should do your job first before I leave. And, and Moses said, "What do you mean?" I said, "Oh, I'm the engineer. I brought this wheelchair. I noticed you have a Bible in your pocket." Helm Wilder. So Moses opens the Bible and starts reading in in, uh, in Tamil something from I presume the New Testament. I don't know, uh, and people are just listening to him because they're trying to understand why we're there and why we've got this wheelchair and why we're hmm. the son is in this boy is in this wheelchair. He told me later that was very unusual. It never happened because most people walk away when he tries to spread the gospel in a Hindu country. And uh, then I said, okay, now now it's done. Now we got to get out of here. We get in a bus, try to drive back to Chennai. The villagers run after us, try to stop in the bus. We're figuring, being naive gringos from America, that we're going to get kidnapped. So uh, uh, we turn around, uh, and mom is coming out with two glasses of water. And she realized we were leaving without the wheelchair. And she said, she just felt she had to give us something. But she knew how much that life wheelchair was going to change her life. Hmm. And we couldn't accept the gift because the water probably would have killed us. Um, but uh, that, that is, everything flipped 180 degrees then because the next uh, couple of days later, the mission that we were with, with Moses, are driving me around Chennai, India to show me all the disabled people that need a wheelchair. And what they realized was a wheelchair opened the door for them to, to spread the gospel. And they couldn't do that without the wheelchair. Uh, and they, they've, they've spent generations trying to spread Christianity without things like wheelchairs. And it's a really hard job. And and um, so when I get back home after three weeks, I go to work the first day and the, the parking lot's empty and I find out the company went bankrupt. Um, and... and well, that's interesting. And this, these are the things that I was causing, I was calling coincidences. <laughs> hmm. um, and the, the news travel and the church that I went, it's a big church, and people would call me and wanting, and wanting to congratulate me on all this success we have with these wheelchairs and wanting to know what, I, what my next move was. And I said, no, my next move is to get a job. I'm gonna, I, I need money. I need to support a family. Mm-hmm. And he said, no, no, you better start a nonprofit. A what? Hmm. A nonprofit, and here we're going to send you some money. They were sending me 
money personally to my mailbox, money for more wheelchairs. Wow. Um, so I hear God pounding on my door saying, you know, you gotta, you gotta do this. You've discovered something that you could use the talents I gave you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My wife said, I'll go back to work. Yeah. You've been, you've been working for 15 years to support the family. They're, they're now moved on. I'm going to go back to work. I want you to do this. Mm-hmm. But then again, I say, wait a minute. I spent, I didn't get out of MIT. I was 29 when I got out of MIT mm-hmm. and I've spent 20 years developing a career. Uh, and, and you want me to do something I've never done before. I know nothing about. Um, and sure. they also, they all said yes. Jeez. So that was, That's that crazy. was in 2001. Wow. That's so fascinating. And so, so how long, I'm just curious, um, how long did it take you until you kind of had the, the prototype of this wheelchair? How long did it take you to kind of turn it into an actual product and, and have it ready? Was that like months <laughs> or years? It was about two and a half years. Here's another well, yeah. coincidence. So it wasn't a coincidence. Actually, I found a company in China to manufacture this Gen One wheelchair in in ten days by by internet. Yeah, and then you have to go there, uh, uh, and just one thing happened after another. And so wow. we got we found a supplier. The first year, I think we shipped twenty thousand wheelchairs, and then no, the first year was a hundred. Those are mine that I made and the next year was 20,000 and this has grown. And, uh, uh, you know, I live, I live close to Hollywood. I know how hard it is to get people's attention. I mean, uh, um, from a, from a, you know, a a fundraising perspective. So I realized how important it was to bring stories back. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The the people who support us will probably never see who gets the wheelchair. Yeah, and maybe never been in a developing country where people are crawling because you know, they go to as tourists. And, yeah, and there are people that are poor on the other side of the head, in a sense. Uh, so sure. we got really good at telling the story, and wow. we just grew to the point now we've got two different designs. Uh, we've sort of uh, mm-hmm. decommissioned the first design because we couldn't do many adjustments to it, and we realized as we gave away wheelchairs that. It's like I give you a pair of shoes. They're beautiful, three hundred dollar pair of shoes. You can't wait to put them on, but when you get them home, they're too tight. They're too tight for you. Right. right. And you're gonna you're never gonna use them. And it's the same thing with a wheelchair. People are so happy to be lifted from the ground, right. uh, and to be looking at somebody eye to eye instead of looking at their feet. Uh, but they're going to be happy yeah. and they're going to smile. But if we, we've learned it, if it doesn't make them comfortable, they won't use it. So we've got to, we've got to change the designs around and start incorporating some of the things that you need to make people feel comfortable. Yeah, that's it's just so fascinating. I, I, I can imagine working and, you know, getting uh, from my understanding, getting these approvals from the FDA. Uh, so my, my dad worked for Genzyme Sanofi in, in Framingham and um, you know, it was just, you'd tell me of how long it would take for drug development, you know, the research development. And it was just years and years and years. Um, and so I don't know if, what it's like for biomedical engineering, but I just know it takes time. And I, I, I'm just kind of laughing of like 10 days to get this, <laughs> to get this design up and going. And it's like, wow. And, and just the impact and the amount of joy that that brings is just, you can see God's hand working and is, is there's a there's a great need and the, the needs being met and um so it's just really fascinating yeah 
And I wanted to add too, just the, it's really cool seeing that how the physical transformation leads to the spiritual leads to the, um, even economic, right. Being able to, to get in a wheelchair and being able to do more and, um, just, just really an amazing, amazing story. Yeah. Well, the world health organizations, um, take their, their figures, 75 million people. Yeah. Meaning with the world and developing world. They'll, it's, you know, our country, developed countries there, you know, you get wheelchairs somehow, Okay. Uh, but in countries, there's nobody, um, yeah. caring for, for you. And, uh, you know, we've, uh, we, we give them away for free. Yep. Actually, no discrimination. We don't uh, make sure our, we don't actually give them away personally. We have partners in all these countries, 94 countries who uh, give them away. And over 75% are, are Christian organizations that will give a message. And I'll, I got to tell you why that's important. But, hmm. uh, and they, uh, they give them away for us, uh, but they, okay. we don't permit them to do any kind of discrimination, sex, age, religion, uh, tribe, mm. politics, whatever. You give these away to people who need sure. them. We don't care how old they are, how young they are. And uh, uh, and that's how it works. Uh, that's yeah. how and they're doing a lot of work and spending probably a lot of money in the, on their side uh, yeah. doing this job for us. And they're shipped, they're manufactured in China and in India, and they're just shipped by full ocean container, 500 50 at a time mm -hmm. and um and then we've got some really great partners and um and we'll, uh, the demand is huge of course yep. the, uh, yep. but the uh, the importance of the message is that uh, it was really a, probably the saddest thing i've ever heard in my life they find out uh that people are the, the reason for disabilities is a curse that's what people believe that's what they're taught yeah knows it the neighbors know it the whole city knows it the country knows it and so you've got this spiritual disability you can't practice whatever religion your your, your family has because hmm. you, you know you're cursed and you're a manifestation of the devil and, you, and hmm. he's living in your in your house because you're 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 an example of him and uh, and so um, you've got this spiritual disability you've got to struggle with. As, and how do you express it? How do you deny it? It's something that's been around for 2,000 years. When, uh, mm -hmm. James 9, 1 through 4, or this one, right. this, this, Jesus, why was this man born blind? Was 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 it his fault or was it his family? Right. And Jesus answered saying, no, so that God's good could be manifested through his life. Right. And yeah. and so so the hmm. the message is um, we don't understand your your disability, but we do know when Jesus walked this earth, uh, he had a special love for the poor and the disabled. Mm -hmm. And, and he, we want you to know that um, we are praying for you just as he would be, mm -hmm. and uh, we uh, want you to know that this wheelchair is from him. Yeah. When, and when you're in this wheelchair, we want you to feel like you're in God's hands. Mm. Yeah. We can't, we can't do that in every country because religion is not practiced in many as much of the world. Any religion, you, you yeah. can't even talk. Yeah. And so we have to let God kind of work through the, those issues on his own because yeah. uh, we will still send wheelchairs to mm. countries like China and sure. Vietnam. Or, but, uh, okay. Uh, and it's, uh, 
it's not something you're going to learn and just by one statement, by, but it's, a, it's an event that you'll never forget. This wheelchair will change your life. Right. It will change your family's life hmm. because their family was the wheelchair. And everybody's going to be relaxed because somebody has some independence and some dignity now yep. and, um, and some mobility as well. That's right. That's right. And where do you, sir, could you tell me where this wheelchair came from? Because it's, it's, you don't see them in the village. There's no other wheelchairs. Right. And, and not only that, but it's blue. So it kind of sticks out because most of the colors yeah, yeah. are earth, in, devel in developing countries, villages, earth tones. Yep. He said, well, you know, these people just came and they gave it to me and and uh, they didn't want anything. They didn't want any money. They didn't want anything. They wanted me to be happy. They prayed for me and uh, they told me that this was a gift from God and he doesn't think I'm cursed. Yeah. And so, you, but yeah. you're going to, you know, you, you're going to, if you're outside, you're going to be in this wheelchair. Everybody's going to want to know where'd you get this yep. chair. Yeah. And you're, you're going to tell that story over and over and over again. Wow. And maybe yeah. it's going to stick. No, it's just fascinating. I was reading John 9, verses 2 two and 3. Just the exact same scripture. I, I had just pulled that up because I was like, wow, that is that is fascinating. You're right, because there is this, this understanding. In a lot of developing countries, I know in Africa in particular, of kind of family curse and lineage through, and especially in, as it manifests in disability. Um, and that, that scripture really was a... It came to mind and so can you tell me where um what are some of the biggest uh, is there a lot of countries in particular that see a, the large need for um for wheelchairs and um yeah just I, I guess where the uh where the gap is well um there are places where there's just i could there in india this region of india where there's arsenic in the water and it's causing all kinds of uh, disabilities and there's situations like that, Cambodia okay. or Colombia, where there's lots of landmines, uh, you know, and that that increases the pop the need for wheelchairs. Uh, but by and large, it's about two percent of the population. That's kind of our formula, mm -hmm. and it, it's all the things that uh, well, we don't a lot of the disabilities we we take care when a child is born, a club foot things like that. Uh, sure. and we have all kinds of medical situations. So we don't, we maybe have 1% in the United States of people that need wheelchairs, but, mm, okay. and, uh, where we give the most is where the uh, partners are the best at doing the job. Mm. So, uh, Vietnam is our biggest partner. It's almost 200,000 wheelchairs have gone there. Um, Philippines, uh, India, China, we give a lot of weight in China and we've, we found a way to have a message be shared by, a. Uh, what they call barefoot pastors uh, mm -hmm. in China, mm -hmm. uh, Mexico, Peru, Chile, um, mm -hmm. in Central American countries, Honduras, Guatemala. Uh, um, but it's again, it's the uh, it's, it's a process. It's a business to, to really give away wheelchairs properly, yep. and then yeah. we've got to make sure that it's done properly. So we do a lot of auditing, and we also have to do a lot of training because. People don't know anything about disability. We've got to first teach them that it's not a curse and it's not contagious. You can pick somebody up who has a disability and you're not going to get a disability. Um, and then, okay, then you also have to explain this message to them. Uh, people will get the chairs. 
Um, and then we need you to verify all that they've been given away for free. We need, we need information so we can transfer it back to our supporters and show them how we're wow. using the money that yep. you've given us. Oh yeah. And then, uh, to, so the ones that get the wheelchairs are the ones that do that job the best. That's fair. There's a, there's a, there's some order and there's a process to the, to, to the, to the, that goes behind the scenes. That's, that, that makes sense. I, I love yeah, the the training, the education. I'm just thinking of the spiritual conversations that can come up through explaining that you know this is disabilities are not a curse, um, but you know that God's glory may be revealed and goodness may be revealed in that through the deliverance or the healing of that. You know whether it's a wheelchair or if it's there's God is you know wants to do some other form of healing as well through other means and so. It's really encouraging, and um, yeah, just wanted to, just to ask you, kind of, as we wrap up, um, Doctor Schoendorfer, where where we can folks can donate or support you or just get involved and and learn more. I know you have a book out too, Miracle Wheels, uh, the story of a mission to bring mobility to the world, um, and so just where where we can uh, stay in touch and up to date with everything that you're you're doing. Well, the, the probably the the second most important thing I need. To have your listeners here. Yeah. First of all, the seventy-five million. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. The, and the second is we can provide a wheelchair for ninety-six dollars. We have it manufactured in China or India and shipped, uh, and uh, it, it's delivered to one of these partners who will give do the job of fitting it, training the family how to use the chair, how to maintain the chair, mm-hmm. and then doing all that. Um, feedback to us in addition to stories we bring back we do that for 96 dollars hmm. which um you know wheelchairs in this country if you want to build one if you want to buy one that's going to last you that's probably going to be hundreds yep. and our wheelchairs are much more rugged because they're designed for the terrain in the developing country which is much more like a construction zone than yep. you don't see, see ramps and, and sidewalks and cement streets and things yeah. uh, and so the best way to find out more about us is our our website freewheelchairmission.org that's the three words but no space between them mm-hmm. and we're we're in orange county california the office is in irvine uh there's lots of opportunities for people to help us and probably the um we, of course you know a donation is good but the story if if we can get the story out uh, because the two things that your listeners are hearing they probably never heard before 90 mm-hmm. uh 96 dollars and a 75 million right right and, and there is so you can solve this we're solving it we've done over 1.3 million so far so mm-hmm. this can be something that we can do and then yeah. they can help us Absolutely. um there's a they can be an ambassador and just tell the story uh the book was uh really because there's about a third of this all about my coming to the Lord in that way. I mean, I was a Christian when I was born, but, but, um, how it turned out to be, uh, what I am today. And then mm-hmm. the, the last two thirds are this amazing stories of life change, of uh, mm-hmm. people, uh, who, when you, when they're on the ground and then you put them in a chair, they don't even look the same. Yeah. Because only they have this dignity that they may have never had in their whole life. Wow. Uh, and, uh, and then you, you they're crying and you see them crying and the family's crying because they, they see how happy grandpa is or their son or whatever. And then 
Um, and then you're crying too. You can't avoid it. And you mm-hmm. see this life change and it happens over maybe 30 seconds or so. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and you ask them, what do you want to do next? And they, oh, I, I never had a next. Wow. I don't know what that means. I, I, yeah. I don't have any idea what to do next. And then you say, how about, let's go out and see the sun. Oh, I can go out and see the sun. I can go outside. I've never been outside. Wow. I don't remember one I ever was ever last time outside. I mean, oh my God. Uh, it's like that's crazy. Yeah, I think uh, we don't even think about it. A breath of fresh air. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's just all God's creation. I mean, it's it's amazing. Oh my goodness, I can't believe that. Yeah, there's just the things you don't know until you you see outside of what you're sometimes what you're living in. As you said, in the United States, we have there's a lot of preventative measures that prevent a lot of these uh, disabilities from happening so and I, wow. I want to challenge your listeners i mean what could i give them for 96 dollars that would change your life yeah. that literally would change your life 96 dollars yeah uh, i mean i don't i don't have anything that would come close to that i mean i don't know if any you know but uh, 96 dollars and suddenly you get mobility mm-hmm. um and you get you get around and your family has that peace of mind and they can go back to work and do things and they don't have to stay home and just take care of you yeah so uh, uh there's all kinds of we we have things like in the in, in the spring we're going to have uh move for mobility you get your you get your team together your friends your neighbors your family and i'm what am i going to do to for people who can't even who have no mobility i'm gonna i'm gonna paddle a boat i'm gonna run i'm gonna walk i'm gonna i'm gonna lift weights i'm gonna climb a mountain i'm gonna whatever it is and you tell your friends about that, and your and your your, your contacts, and pretty soon, hey, can I help? How about how about every mile you walk, I'll give you five bucks, or you know yeah, whatever. Yeah. And it's it's amazing how that kind of uh, group program works. Wow. And then and then you know you and that you and we'll send you pictures. We'll send you the pictures of, of people being gay, whose lives are changed. You can watch yeah. videos. Our website's full of them, and. Uh, you know that's why we're here. That's our purpose in life. That's why we're we are so blessed in America. And the reason why I'm sure is because we God blessed us so we could help the rest mm-hmm. of the world. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been really encouraging and uplifting, and um, on multiple levels. And um, thank you for just encouraging hearing your story and that God can use the giftings and talents that we have. And there's plenty of folks out here who have giftings and talents that can be put to good use and for a good purpose. Um, but then also for meeting the, the physical, but how that can lead to so much more transformation in lives. Um, and just to encourage to hear the, the, the sustainability of this, of your organization and mission too. And, uh, the growth is, is awesome, but also the great need. And so thank you as well for, for sharing that and that, that you're right. Those numbers are, you, you, you wouldn't know it. And, and now, and now people do. And so, um, yeah, Don, thank you so much for your time. And, um, just again, thank you for, for, for sharing a little bit of, uh, of what you do and what you've been up to. All right. Thank you. It's, it's, it's a blessing. Um, God wanted this to happen today and that's what, that's what just happened.